Daar is stans baie ongelukkigheid oor hoe die regering te werk gaan om eindstowe vir die COVID-19 virus aan te skaf. Nie net die regering later as baie ander lande begin om met farmaceutische maatskapie te onderhandel nie, maar het lyk ook of die regering nie een billike prijs vir die eindstowe kon beding nie. Byvoorbeeld, Zuid-Afrika sal so wat 80 rand of 5,25 dollar vir die Oxford AstraZeneca eindstof betaal, wat meer as dubbel die prijs is wat meeste eerste wereldlande vir die eindstof betaal. Ek het vroeger vandag met Magda Verzitska gesels. Sy is op die oomlik in Londen en die uitvoerende hoofd van Signia Bate bestuur, maar wat haar sienings baie relevant maak is dat sy ook een waagkapitaalfonds bestuur wat belange hou in twee maatskapie wat betrokken was en is in die ontwikkeling van die Oxford AstraZeneca eindstof. En dit is die eindstof waar oor die baai tans gaan. Ek het al gevra wat sy dink van die regeringse pogings om een eindstof vir Zuid-Afrika aan te skaf. I think, you know, like one needs to be a little bit, take a step back and be a little bit pragmatic about these things. And that is, when you think about COVID, it started in March. Six months ago, there wasn't a vaccine on the table. So June, July last year is the first time certain companies, a couple of pharmaceutical companies in the US, Pfizer, Johnson Johnson, Moderna, and then AstraZeneca through its association with Oxford started talking about adjusting their vaccine development platforms in order to develop a COVID-19 vaccine. So it's a brand new development. Typically vaccines take seven to eight years to develop and test. This obviously has been accelerated at a very, very rapid pace. So six months ago, we were in a position where there are no vaccines. There are vaccine candidates, which various pharmaceutical companies are prepared to put forward on a trial basis into accelerated phase two and phase three trials involving human beings. At that stage, the rich countries and predominantly developed market countries took a view that they will take the financial risk and they will fund the phase, in particular phase three trials. And vaccines and phase three trials, you are looking at about 50,000 people per trial and an estimated cost of around 100,000 US dollars to run a phase three trial. So different governments took a risk on different vaccines. Certain governments like US took a risk on every single pharma company testing a vaccine and pre-audit these untested doses without any knowledge whether the vaccine will work or not. I think the developing markets were not in a position to take huge financial risks. With hindsight, of course, it could have been run better. But at that point in time, with absolutely no certainty whether any of these vaccines will actually work, and with the amount of money involved that had to be put on the table in order to fund the trials and pre-order the vaccines. It was a very large financial decision. And, you know, clearly South Africa is and wasn't in a position financially and fiscally to necessarily take that kind of decision. And one can argue whether they should have been foresight. But I think events have once again overtaken us a little bit because the issue right now is not so much the procurement of the vaccine, which obviously is an issue and pricing is an issue, but much bigger issue for South Africa right now is whether any of the vaccines that have been developed will actually work for the South African strain of the virus. And there's a big question mark over that. 
And there are tests being run in South Africa and globally to determine whether vaccines that have been developed will work against the South African strain. When will we know whether it works or not? That is the million-dollar question. Those tests are being run, and I have posed that question, and the answer isn't that clear. I don't think it's a matter of six months, but I think it's a matter of two to three months before we have an answer. And the answer really is you know, looking at the vaccine candidates that are on the table at the moment and their level of efficacy or effectiveness in, in plain English. We know that the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines, the modern vaccines, you know, the ones that uh, are based on mRNA technology and which um, have to be stored at minus 70 and minus 20 degrees, that they are very effective against the plain vanilla COVID-19 virus with level of efficacy of 95%. And hence, there is a expectation that those vaccines would work against the South African strain, but with a reduced level of effectiveness. In terms of AstraZeneca and the Oxford vaccines, and then below that lies Russia's Sputnik and Chinese vaccine, which have much lower levels of efficacy. There, the big question mark is the extent to which that effectiveness is reduced in the presence of the South African virus. Because the Pfizer vaccines and the Moderna vaccines, the minus 70 degree storage vaccines, you know, when you actually think about the higher cost, and the delivery of it and the logistics associated with delivery of that kind of a vaccine in a country like South Africa or Africa as a continent. It's just logistically almost impossible to imagine. But the real test is whether the vaccines that can be delivered under normalized conditions, so AstraZeneca, Mm. Oxford, whether the effectiveness of that vaccine is sufficient to protect South African population. But that raises the question whether government should now proceed with procuring vaccines. It does. It does. And I think it's a very problematic question because obviously I'm observing the press. I can see the public. People have placed so much faith in the vaccines that it's a very difficult message to hear that potentially this The vaccines that are on the table right now might not work, but let me also then add to it a bit of a positivity. With each one of these vaccines, the manufacturers of the vaccines and the scientists behind the IP of the vaccines have said that with not not minor, but with tweaking, each vaccine can can be tweaked, they believe, to be effective against various strains, including the South African strain. But it will take both tweaking of how the vaccine is actually you know, structured, constructed, if you think of a cake, baked. <laughs> so what is the recipe? And then the manufacturing processes have to be, again, tweaked to manufacture the vaccines that would be specific to, for instance, the South African strain, or for that matter, the Brazilian strain, which has now emerged, or the Kent strain that has emerged in the UK. So it is a huge moral question, because you're now mixing hope, morality, and finance into this equation in terms of saying, should South Africa be procuring anything until such time as we know? Let's talk about the pricing issue. Alban Pillay, the South African Deputy Director General of Health, said mm. that uh, a price of $5.25 
were yes. quoted for the mm-hmm. uh, AstraZeneca vaccine, which is more than double mm-hmm. which European countries and other first world countries uh, are paying for it. Why should there be mm-hmm. a price difference? Well, it's not, it's not quite um, like, I mean, it is that and it isn't that. So um, the first thing is that, you know, we've ordered as South Africa, we've ordered one and a half million doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine on a hope and a prayer that it works. And obviously that was also ordered before the new strain emerged, but on a hope and a prayer that it works and protects our medical frontline personnel. And I think it's money well spent. Now, the pricing difference has to do with the fact that the developing markets, for instance, UK government, in the case of AstraZeneca vaccine, funded the phase three trials and pre-ordered the vaccines and took the risk. And obviously, when you are taking risks and when you are funding phase three trials and facilitating things, then you are in a very strong negotiating position. So that negotiating position existed in May, June last year, where effectively you were putting money at risk. And, and for instance, using the AstraZeneca vaccine as an example, it might not have worked at all. So you might have just wasted all that money. So that gave you the negotiating power to ensure that you're funding the trials in exchange for that you negotiated a particular price for something that might or might not work. But this is an international Mm. pandemic. So we are in a situation now Mm. where the first world have paid for the development and now the emerging markets Mm -hmm. such as South Africa actually must pay a margin and obviously deliver profits to those pharmaceutical companies? Look, the theory is not. I mean, the the theory is that, for instance, you know, on the AstraZeneca vaccine, that Oxford University has stated quite clearly that they do not want to make a profit. And that's specific to AstraZeneca, by the way, not to the others. As Oxford University has stated very clearly that they do not want to make a profit out of the IP associated with AstraZeneca vaccine until such time as the pandemic is no longer classified as a pandemic. My understanding is that pricing, once you are in a position to start, once you know that the AstraZeneca vaccine is effective, then South African government can start negotiating both in terms of volumes and in terms of pricing. Because we've ordered one and a half million doses. I mean, it's nothing. We've got no negotiating power. I mean, what are you? You're a price taker. I'm a a new liberal. I really believe in the free market system. But there's a massive ethical issue here at play. Mm? At $5.25, do you know what the actual profit margin is? I do. And it's, it's not insignificant. And that's why I do believe that there is absolutely, there is scope to negotiate that price down. So the price for AstraZeneca vaccine for what's called Gavi countries. So Gavi countries are the lowest income countries in the world. The price of AstraZeneca vaccine for Gavi countries is $3 a dose. And that's that's a small margin, profit margin built in. We're sitting at 5.25 for this one and a half, but forget this one and a half million doses. It really is a gesture. When we start negotiating in volumes, then the pricing will be somewhere between, let's look at this range, it's somewhere between three and five dollars. But when you actually look at the other vaccines, AstraZeneca is the cheap vaccine at the moment. When you start looking at some of the other vaccines, particularly the Moderna vaccine, that's around $20 a dose and it's a double dose vaccine. But again, Johnson & Johnson is around $12 
in terms of pricing. Pfizer is around $10 in terms of pricing. It, it Again, I've seen different comparators and different pricing structures. So the most effective option on the table right now and taking into account effectiveness and pricing remains AstraZeneca. But really the holy grail is a much cheaper vaccine. So the one company that we have invested in aims to deliver a much lower, and there's a particular kind of, and and obviously there's a question mark, they haven't gone into phase three trials. But should that vaccine work, then that would be the cheapest of the cheap options because it's a very cheap vaccine to manufacture. So right now, strategically, South Africa is in a bit of a catch-22 situation, and I'm not here to defend government and their policies and their practices and their strategies. Don't get me wrong. I'm simply looking at it from a perspective of being involved in these vaccine companies and seeing some of the things that are happening at the back end of this and knowing that it is a bit of a catch-22 situation because you really can't right now sign an agreement with Serum Institute of India, for instance, for 100 million doses of AstraZeneca vaccines with delivery dates of April, May, June, July, if you don't know if this thing is going to work or not. Have you been involved in any shape or form? No comment. <laughs> no, only in providing advice. Nothing, nothing official, nothing formal, only in, in providing advice. Just because we happen to, to have this investment and we happen to, to know some of the players involved.